Welcome to David and David on Real Estate. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of the real estate market. Good morning and welcome to the David and David on Real Estate podcast. And today we are on episode number 76. Let's go. Let's go. Love it. Super excited. We have uh, Brooke Telehan with us. Uh, he's a residential mortgage broker, and and you know we're really excited because uh, David and I we uh, we talked about the market in the last uh, uh, the previous episode. I think it was yeah. episode number seventy four where yeah, we kind of gave our market outlook. But you know it's always great to connect with uh, industry professionals that really have a pulse on the market that understand what's going on out there. And it's all about just adding more value and educating consumers and, 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 and professionals. So uh, Brooke, really excited to have you on. Uh, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, David and David. I love it. I, what a podcast name, eh? That's, that's so remarkable. I really appreciate this opportunity uh, to be invited to come on. I really do. Thank you. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to discussing, uh, what we've, uh, what we've planned to talk about. So, well, we're really happy to have you with us today. Cause you know, when, when we don't have a guest on these things, David and I just sort of make it up and we pretend we know what's going on in the market <laughs> to some extent and we speculate, but, but what we have talked about is, um, you know, the, the key thing that's driving the market right now is the mortgage rates and things that's really going on in, in the, you know, with interest rates and in, in that world. There's a number of other factors that we've talked about in the past, you know, coming out of COVID and mm-hmm. inflationary, the low supply and other economic issues and the, the war in Ukraine and all that stuff. And they're all factors. And then these, these laws that we may like or dislike that the governments at different levels have imposed trying to slow down the market a little bit. But the, the main one, I think, that really has an effect on the markets is the, is the interest rates and what's going on in your world, which is, you know, dealing with, with mortgages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, people are nervous, especially people that are coming for renewal, uh, especially obviously people on a variable product. They're very nervous. They're scared. They're pissed off too. Remember, like the government of Canada, not to make it political, but they said they were going to keep it, you know, very low in the twos until 2024, right? So that surprise, and we just got the raise of quarter percent, uh, 25 basis points, uh, quarter percent, and that has a big jump. It's $15 per $100,000 uh, mortgage that you hold, right? So the $100 uh, uh, is a big deal. A big jump so people people are um, they're tight and i think we're gonna see people in a lot of trouble unfortunately yeah i agree and you know i i had a conversation with my broker of record sabia ali yesterday and sabia said to me you know david you have to you know be the good news preacher you can't you know and i said to her i said sabia like i think there's so many opportunities out there mm-hmm. you know and the, and the realtors that work hard and do the proper things, they're going to gain market share, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to gain market share because so many realtors are sitting back and, and having this negative mindset and they're, they're, you know, they're getting entangled in all this negativity and that's okay. That's their choice, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has a choice, mm-hmm. right? You can push forward or you can let the negative uh, uh, news affect you. And the beautiful thing about that is you're right either way. Mm-hmm. Whatever choice you make, you can justify it one way or the other. We've yeah. seen this with COVID, 
you know, you some know, realtors sat back and said, oh, my God, you know, the, the, the sky is falling. We're in a pandemic. I you know my I, one of my realtors had the audacity to say that his wife didn't let him go out there and transact like <laughs> realtors would come up with any excuse under the book mm-hmm. not to do business, not to do the things they should be doing every day to make an impact in their business. Yeah. And what I think it does is leaves an opportunity for the rest of us. Uh, that work really hard, that are hungry, that want to go in there to gain market share. Yeah. Right. So is it tougher out there? One thousand percent. It's tougher from the consumer side, but from from our side is falling. Like to your point, David. Like you're making such a good point. If people are just listening to what you're saying, and if they're newer, I understand. But if you plug in to people like you, right, industry leaders, uh, and, and understand the trends. I mean, there's business now as we speak. Who do you think is servicing those assignments? Who's who? Who do you think is servicing those sales? Like, you gotta you gotta plug in and you gotta grind for it, but you can't sit back. To your point, David, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. if people are feeling pressure, yeah. right? If people are uncomfortable, if people are squeezed, like you said, yeah, me, that's more of an opportunity to provide that support system, and and explain people's options, right? The worst we can see in the market, like from our industry perspective, is a lack of transactions, right? Because that that's kind of like a stalemate and nothing's moving. David, your office isn't processing uh, transactions. You know, everybody, uh, you know, nothing's happening, right? But as soon as sellers come back to the table and realize, okay, you know what? I'm squeezed. I'm tight. I can't hold on to this property. Let me look at some other options. And, and you know they have options on the table, right? Yeah. And as long as things are moving and as long as transactions are flowing, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't really matter where the prices go. Like as long as you buy and sell in the same market, you're in the same financial position. Right. I think it was the, also the, uh, you know, through the pandemic where we were all busy. <laughs> David, I'm sure you're busy with your law firm and Dave with your brokerage. I mean, with cheap money, right? And uh, that... I guess for a lot of folks, even for my industry, that set a tone of just greatness, but there's also going to be darkness coming around the corner, which we're experiencing. Um, But you're right, David, like if we follow the trend, plug into industry leaders, follow what they're doing um, and, you know, convert on those opportunities, become a support system right now is becoming a support system that go to. Um, and then for me, like I go back as looking at budgeting now, right? Like right from just budgeting and see what we can do. Downsizing is something, another another option for folks, um, you know? So absolutely you have to farm. It's farming season. But if you're sitting back and waiting for it to come to you, no, it's not for you, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's, uh, it's, this, it's just the times, but yeah, I mean, uh, from a consumer side, I, I feel for them. You know, I think that they were told one thing, and and then there's some accountability as well. Like, what were you doing um, to, to prepare for something like that, etc.? What were you doing borrowing on a variable, um, you know, buying things <laughs> for your household and things like that? So, from a, a financial literacy and budgeting standpoint, there's some accountability, but at the same time, I mean, no one can. Uh, forecast what was happening as far as the policy lending rate and how it's increased uh, over eight times now, right? So that's uh, that's that's the uh, reality of 
things. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. You know, it's impossible, not even difficult to anybody really have a crystal ball. We're all trying to look at trends and figure out where the market's going and things like that. But uh, but but we really don't know. And, and, and I have a lot of sympathy for a lot of those consumers out there because they were busy trying to find a way to work, you know, through a pandemic and, and keep their jobs and find a way to still be productive in whatever business they were doing. And, and, in, and a lot of businesses were actually quite busy during that period, busier than they otherwise were. And then they're coming out of it thinking, okay, so this is, this is what my salary is. And this is what my spouse's salary is. And we, we expect to keep going. And our, we have a young family and we want to move up. We want to buy our next property. And they're making their plans thinking that, you know, things are going to just move forward. And then all of a sudden they're in this, like, it's like the rugs pulled out from under them. They're in this very uncertain period where I'm not sure if I have a job. Yeah. Not only that, I expected to get a salary increase this year. That's not happening. I expected to get a bonus, but the last half of 2022 was so bad that I didn't get the bonus that I thought I was going to get. And now I'm not even sure, you know, my job is very secure and now my mortgage is going to come up for renewal soon. Mm -hmm. So, and we, and our plan to, to move, like there's nothing to, there's very little to buy. Like it really pulled the rug right out from under them. Like with, with the best of intentions, sometimes I'm not saying, yeah. you know, that they were doing bad planning. I think there's a lot of you know, very innocent, good intention people that just got caught. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's us, you know, it's our responsibility as professionals to be there for them. I really truly believe that. So, you know, when you're getting those calls coming in as far as what to do with the variable, you take them, you take them, you spend some time and offer some assistance. Um, and, uh, you know, you can do as, you know, as a broker, as a mortgage broker, you, know, you can do as much as you can, but reach out to other professionals as well, right? Um, you know, financial, financial planners, et cetera, uh, real estate brokers as well um, and try to collaborate to find solutions for folks. That's all you can do, you know? So Brooke, when you get those calls, like say that, you know, somebody is in a situation where they're in a variable mortgage right now, mm -hmm. what's your advice to them? Like what, what is, you know, what are some of their options? Yeah, it's a great question. I did. I actually got a call not too long ago, specifically actually the, the previous, uh, the, the most recent increase. And I said to my client, how are you comfortable? Like, how's your, how's your payment obligation overall? How are, is, is, is that, is, are you stretched? Like, are you really in a position where it's like, you can't even pay for the next grocery bill or something? It's like, no, no, Brooke, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay. It's just, I just want to know like, what's the best course of actions. I say, if you're really comfortable, I think you should stay the course. Um, I don't always want to say lock in. If you're going to lock in, just know that that five-year fixed rate is going to be, you know, nine times more expensive to break than a, a variable rate, right? So keep in mind in that. So if if securities is sound, you know, uh, if you if you want to sleep well at night and you want to feel good about a thing, then maybe perhaps lock in on a shorter term. And the three-year three-year fixed rate is actually really competitive right now. Actually, really competitive. And so maybe shorten that five-year to locking into a three-year term as opposed to the five-year term. But if you are company, you have the cash flow, you, your, your, uh, your, your, your household income uh, is good uh, and you're not in any kind of trouble, I think you should stay a course um, and write out the term. That's my opinion. But that's dependent on, you know, the, the, uh, the, the whole scope, the whole, the whole uh, household cash flow. 
and uh, how how it's being used. You know, for folks that you know, I've had files where at least I've I've you know I get done underwriting it, and it's like okay, let's call it insolvency trustee, or let's put it on the market. You're not borrowing any more money to put a bandaid on what <laughs> what's already been scarred and bleeding. Like it's it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I say you need to reach out to professionals outside your circle to get that advice and that collaboration. Sometimes it's, uh, it's worth it, you know, so. Uh, and, and let me ask you this question. What percentage of the customers coming to you are experiencing these sort of problems? Like lately, it's, lately it's like pretty much feels like everyone. <laughs> every, all the calls you're getting. Uh, yeah. Like, you, you know, from a leadership point of view, right. Being a leader in the industry, like the question that I'm asking is what percentage of the population mm-hmm. is, is in trouble? Like that's, that. those are yeah, the statistics sure. and the trends that, you know, I want to know, right? And it's really hard to find that information. And, you know, I was watching uh, Remax did a study and Christopher Alexander was on, I think, City TV last night yeah. uh, talking about the, um, um, uh, how much debt different cities have and his argument was that the debt has gone down the ratio of debt to to property valuation has gone down in different cities and you know mm-hmm. here i am uh listening to this and, and you know putting you know my analytics cap on and you know just shaking my head because you know the market hasn't really adjusted mm-hmm. in terms of prices you know there's still the standoff there's lack of inventory there's really you know there's been a small adjustment but really we haven't seen uh you know an adjustment really in the marketplace and i don't know if we will right mm-hmm. but at current valuation levels of course the debt ratios are lower because property values have gone up so high right great point also great so, point. so yes and the trend is trending lower but like mm-hmm. You know, I was listening to him talk about how wonderful this is. You know, our debt ratios are lower across the board in every single city. And I'm like scratching my head and, and thinking to myself, well, yes, that's a good news, feel good message out there to the marketplace. But, you know, isn't an accurate statistic and isn't an accurate measure of, of whether we are in trouble out there or not. Like, I, that's the question I was asking myself. Is that an accurate message to kind of measure if the average Canadian is in trouble and in too much debt by looking at that statistic. Yeah, that's a great point to make. And I'm not, you know, uh, an expert, an economist or anything like that, or those numbers to me fairly. But what I know is what's in front of me is that that I'm hearing a lot of complaints. So to your point, it doesn't really jive. Um, Maybe perhaps those statistics are not uh, including, you know, unsecured debt that folks are carrying because that's, that's the underlying issues that we don't talk about. I mean, car loans, amortized at 10 years, at whatever percent, you know, costing them about a, roughly about $1,000 in some, in some vehicles, personal loans, uh, credit cards, things like that in that nature. That's the underlying issue as well is consumer debt, consumer debt that's unsecured because that's where it boils over to now coming to a renewal um, at a higher rate and you're carrying unsecured debt and cannot afford uh, your overall debt load. So um, yeah, it's a great question. It's a great point you made too, David, because um, that's not realistic because house prices have increased and have continued to increase. Right. So, I mean, for, for anybody that has bought real estate, you know, previous to 2017 and, and not refinanced their home, 
then you know that ratio is is very much skewed, right? Um, because house prices have gone up so significantly that when you look at those mortgages, they're extremely, you know, that ratio is extremely low. Right? Yes. But when you look at the new products out there, you know, they're extremely high. So you know, yeah, maybe it's but but the problem the point is that every property has increased in value, mm-hmm. right? So. You know, I, I kind of sat back and I listened and, and you know, I kind of analyzed the numbers and that I thought to myself, like, you know, if if on the surface you're listening to that message, you know, coming from, uh, you know, an authority like that, mm-hmm. feel pretty good about where we stand as a country and, and where the trend is moving to. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's 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 good to see debt levels, um, that, that ratio go down, right, for sure. But when you kind of dig into that and really think about it, is it the right message to send to the marketplace right now? That's right. That's right. Right. Because I, I, I mean, I don't think people should be taking on more debt. Yeah. I, I don't think people should be stretching themselves. I don't think people should, uh, you know, feel good about you know higher interest rates. I, you know, I, I think we need to start making some really smart decisions and um, mm-hmm. realize that there are a lot of opportunities out there. But I think the average person needs to understand that you know what, they need a professional to guide them through the situation. And that, that that's so important right now because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where, you know, oh, there's, you know, the, the debt ratios are lowered and, you know, there's, you know, go out there and spend money and, and buy real estate. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to navigate a little bit more carefully in, in today's 100%. environment. 100%. Thorough underwriting, making sure your situation, your risk level is, uh, is assessed. Um, you know, one thing I'm finding is investors themselves are leveraging to to invest in, in an appreciating asset, which is great, but they're not caught. They're caught in certain sort of cases. So, you know, they might borrow, you know, an unsecured line of credit and, and the bank potentially calls it, for example, what do you do now? Right? That's a big issue. So then you have to rely on private mortgage, which is insanely expensive right now. I mean, we're looking at 17 to 20%, you know, that's crazy, right? So there's ways you can combat that, obviously, you know, um, I, I'm a fan of leveraging, you know, converting bad debt into good debt, to be honest with you. Uh, I think, uh, you know, with the amount of taxes that we pay, you know, uh, most Canadians don't understand that, you know, if you borrow from your primary home, it becomes tax deductible. If you have borrowed from your primary home to invest, it becomes tax deductible against your personal income. So that's a very, very powerful uh, strategy. And, uh, you know, if it's put together and it's a long-term strategy, um, then yes, then I think that's that's a good idea. Um, but like to your point, you really have to, uh, you know, fork, you know, wait for the bad times as well or prepare for the bad times as well. Yeah, I, I think as professionals, the three, three of us will probably agree on this. The biggest service that we can provide to our clients, especially in these type of times, turbulent times, is to give them information and give them options. Mm-hmm. Uh, because an informed consumer you know, then can make the best choices. And, and that's what I hear from people all the time. In my business, like, what's, take me through the worst case scenario. If I go this route, what'll happen? What's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario if I get out of it? The, and then what are the options in the middle that I can consider? And, you know, and it might be downsizing for certain people and that might be so distasteful to other people. It might be 
just selling and going back to the rental market, which would be a horrible thing for some people, and but it might be the right thing for somebody else. Um, and, and some of it is just helping them understand that the interest rates are sort of here to stay in relatively speaking in this range. Don't wait. You can't wait for them to go back to 2%. You got to, we have to tell them it's not happening. This is, this is where it's going to be. It might be up a little bit. It might come down a little bit, but it's not going back to 2%. So we have to give them as much information as professionals as, as we can, you know, real information, give them options so they can understand it. And, and, that takes a lot of time for us as professionals to do it. It really does, you know, as, as a, as an agent, as a mortgage broker, as a lawyer, it, it's really taxing on our time because it's those type of conversations that every single client and potential client needs from us right now. I a hundred percent education, uh, sharing of information. And you know, it's, it's part of the business now. It's part of the business. I don't, you know, I've, transition from when I started eight years ago to calling myself as an agent or a broker. No, I, I'm an advisor uh, and you have an educator and uh, someone that's willing to go above and beyond and say, asking those questions, forecasting what could and what can happen um, if we make certain decisions, asking and probing, probing questions. Um, it takes time. Yeah, it takes a lot of time, but you know what? You, it's going to build a book of business that's not going to go anywhere. And you feel good about it too, right? You're helping people indirectly. But there are times where you have to, some some clients are wanting to do what they wanted to do, but if you've laid out the consequences and still have to, you still have to service them. Um, but with that mindset, I totally agree with you, David. Yeah, you know, maybe before we, we go further, because we didn't really do this at the beginning, but maybe Brooke, give, give us a little bit of your background. Yeah. So we so we hear how you got to this position of wisdom and <laughs> advise clients like this. Well, you know what where I started is that you know I I, I wanted to get into law enforcement, uh, and um, you know as something I wanted to do coming up, and uh, you know, but you know I I felt like you know I, I, that that wow that career was more of a friction against people, uh, I felt like. So it wasn't completely me. I, I, you know, I'd rather have build a rapport with general people um, and with good vibes, as, as they say, you know. So um, I kind of switched and just said, listen, you know, I've had a little bit of a sales background. Um, and so what is something I can do that dealt with people, help people, but also got me ahead as well. So, uh, you know, mortgages came, just fell on my map my lap really is just deciding and went for it. Um, so that's how I started is just making a decision to shift to um, working with people and helping people. Um, so, uh, you know, I worked at, you know, at a private military school and that's where I transitioned from, you know, um, uh, to, to from brokerages, which is, it was a good, good time there. And I worked with youth at risk and things like that, but I made that transition um, and it's been eight years. I'm, I'm loving it. You know, it's challenging, uh, but it's, it's, it's something that I wanted to do. And, I'm, you know, I own my own brokerage and I'm looking to scale that very soon. Um, but yeah, you know, my, we're, I'm located in Grimsby, Ontario, uh, but we oper I operate across uh, uh, on, uh, all over Ontario's uh, from Niagara up to GTA. Uh, but yeah, uh, and as far as about me, I'm, I'm a father and I'm a husband and, um, and an entrepreneur. So 
that's a little bit of my background. Yeah. Love it. Thanks for sharing. My pleasure. Yeah, talking about budgeting, we we just ran a webinar yesterday um, with Zachary Rain at the brokerage about budgeting, and uh, it was very well received. And you know, I, I think there's an important message there, right? Like, I mean, um, you know, to your point, David, I consumers need to be educated, right? And it feels like right now there's no right choice. Like, it really feels like that. You know, there's just different degrees of. But there's different uh, choices different choices for right? different for different fact situations for yeah. different factual situations but it's so important to really take the time as a consumer and really understand you know the consequences of of, of all those situations right and i mean the consequences are real mm-hmm. like they're very real consequences right um you know my commercial mortgage is coming up for renewal in in, in july you know and i'm making certain decisions along the way um to to prepare for that coming in in july right as a business owner you have to look ahead and you have to say okay you know my commercial mortgage is coming for renewal in july what is that going to look like what is that going to do to my cash flow how is that going to impact my business you know and i'm making certain decisions you know i chose to put um you know certain pieces of real estate i have for sale so that when that time comes i can i can pay down that mortgage and you Mm -hmm. know uh, be in a better cash flow situation um, and I think everybody kind of needs to look ahead and, and understand, you know, what their situation is and, and, and not only look at today, but, you know, try to look at what's going to happen six months from now, what's going to happen a year from now, what is my budget going to look like? And then how are, you know, even making small adjustments today will make a big impact tomorrow. And the analogy I always give is a laser pointer, you know, you move the laser pointer just a little bit, right. But on the other side, it's it's moving quite a bit. Mm. That's how people have to look at their finances and, and, and money. Wealth is created over time, not mm. in a day. You know, and this is the mentality that a lot of people have had um, in the last couple of years because money was so cheap. You know, it was instant gratification. You know, property values were going up. We're, you know, we're seeing properties being assigned before the closing date with, you know, huge premiums on, on those assignments. And, you know, now, you know, things have really changed. And a lot of people that have overexposed themselves, you know, are, are you know, the shore went out. And, and now we see what, uh, what everybody's wearing. Yeah. Right? And it's unfortunate. But you know, like I said, and, and, and I'm going to continue saying there's such an opportunity to take a bigger market share. There's such an opportunity to create content. There's such an opportunity to be a thought leader out there and to really help people that are in, in those difficult situations that need help. Yeah. Yeah. And more specifically is the pre-construction market because, you know, they were qualified at a 2% uh, 2.8 somewhere in that range and now they're coming into closing at a you know 5.24 big jump and you know there are alternative solutions for those um, one would be you know if you can't carry it assign it depending on the assignment fee like you're saying but there is you know options where you know we can look at on the b side of lending where they can use current market value uh let's say it's a million and let's say their purchase price was 800,000, um, we can finance it up to 800,000, literally. So which would say 100% financing. So most folks don't uh, don't know about that product, which is a very good product, uh, depending on the overall uh, deal. Um, but that, that market there is in trouble 
big time, big time. Um, then folks are relying on private mortgages right after the gate, which they should they step back and see if there's other alternatives, which is a little cheaper for them. Uh, I think it's worth uh, worth uh, looking into. So, but yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, taking a step back, the compound effect, like you, the decision now and how it will affect you in the near future is very imperative to look at. Yeah, and when it comes to pre-construction market, you know, in, in the height of COVID, we actually saw builders going back and, and having conversations with purchasers and saying, hey, uh, if everybody agrees to pay us $60,000 more, you know, we're going ahead with the project. Otherwise, we're canceling because, you know, construction costs and development charges and labor costs and, you know, every, every excuse under the book. Uh, we haven't really seen too many of the opposite conversations happening, mm. but you're right. I mean, that market is in trouble. And I always look at the ratio between the price per square foot for uh, pre-sale and the price per square foot in the resale market. Mm. And right now we're seeing probably about a 30 to 40% uh, percent spread there. Um, and, and, you know, to me, why would you pay 30% premium just to live in a brand new building? You know, right. it's, it's untested, you know, there's, there's so many um, factors going in, living in construction, um, you know, th th there's just so much. Like, why would you, why would you take that risk? You can go into the resale market, you know, you can, you can get a 30% discount compared to the pre-sale market. You know exactly what you're getting. Yes, you have to, you know, make that purchasing decision today and you can't wait three or four years from now, but you also know exactly what environment you're transacting in. You get to see the view from the balcony, you get to touch and feel the space, you get to, you know, uh, go and look at it and envision yourself and, and, and see if this is the, the right choice for, for, for you. Yeah. Right? You know, our, my message to, you know, my close circle of realtors that asked me for my opinion over the last two years, I, you know, I, 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 I told everybody, I said, you know, these prices are, are not sustainable, mm. you know, but the problem in that market was that for the last 15 years, if you bought pre-construction, you've always been ahead of the game and by a substantial margin, right? right. And, and, and there's diehard people that, you know, have made so much money in pre-construction that some, some con consumers weren't even, they didn't care what the price per square foot was because they thought that market was bulletproof. You know, they've made so much money in the last 15 years. Yeah, I'll take one unit. On new building, I'll take one unit, right? And, and they've always made the right decision, right? But the world's not absolute and it changes. Yeah. You know, you, you have to, you know, be very careful about how you overexpose yourself and, mm -hmm. and what risk you have out there in the marketplace, you know? And, I, I talk to uh, people who have had many properties in the in the eighties and nineties, and you know, there's a lot of people that have lost everything mm -hmm. because interest rates went up. They couldn't afford um, the, the the housing, and you know, when you look at economics as realtors, we we tend to only look at one variable. You know, we tend to look at price. We like we we have a very narrow scope of of, of economics, right? But the problem is like one variable affects hundreds of variables. Right. Right. So like jobs, you know, like if, if the economy, if we're in a recession, the economy contracts, right? People are going to get laid off. 
There's going to be a shortage of opportunities, mm -hmm. right? It's going to start impacting our labor markets. That's going to translate into our rental markets. Mm -hmm. when, when renters stop paying rent because they're out of jobs, because they're unemployed, because they're laid off, because they're on EI and their income gets cut, cut some sort, like there's a trickle down effect, right? right? And we're not seeing it yet. Right. We're, we're right. seeing we're seeing small glimpses here and there, but you know, I I look at some Fortune 500 companies, they're already laying people off, mm. already forecasting that, you know, the demand is going to diminish for their products, right? Because ultimately to combat inflation, people have to stop spending. Yeah. They have to stop spending. That's the bottom line. If people keep spending, companies are going to protect their margins, yeah. right? They're going to keep raising prices. Yeah. The only way prices go down and, and, and the dollar maintains its integrity and its purchasing power is if people, if prices, prices have to come down on everything, mm. right? But it, it, it's a cycle. It takes time and it doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, we're habitual creatures. Yeah. Right? We're habitual people. Like if, if you're spending money and you're used to a certain lifestyle, it's, it, it's going to take a, a while for people to say, okay, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be purchasing the Starbucks tomorrow morning. Maybe it's time for me to make my own coffee at home. Mm -hmm. And realizing that those small change in their behavior, again, remember the laser pointer, small adjustments today are going to make a big impact to your finances tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? I, know. Again, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I think it's, it's better that as an industry we're informed, right? I, I don't want to spread, you know, I don't think the sky is falling. That's not the message here at all. But the message has to be that, you know, we got to do things a little bit differently. We got to work a little bit harder. And if we do, good things are going to happen. And I think, David, I think we're at, uh, we're actually a networking um, um, uh, conference. I think you mentioned about getting that message out as a whole. I think through our media, we should, we should, we should really get that out there. Uh, on a, on the masses, I really like that idea. By the way, honestly, it's uh, but who who's gonna who's gonna do that, right? So because we, we we need to do it together. Yeah, common. And that's why when you when I see like you know a, a big brand going up on national TV, exactly. yeah. you know, and saying, "Hey, our debt ratios are down or trending down in every market," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, is that really the message we want to be sending right now? Like, you, you know. Um, as an industry, you know, and that's, the, you know, we've sent that message for the last 15 years on the market, you know, purchase real estate and real estate is bulletproof, right? But our, you know, tell that to, to somebody who's in a variable rate mortgage, who right. bought a house two years ago, who's yeah. over leveraged, who thought it's a good idea to buy investment property, who really didn't know what the hell's going on, who listened to the Bank of Canada two years ago, who's now listening to, to Remax uh, telling this good news story, you know, sit, sit across the, the table from him and tell him that it's going to be okay. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. Um, it's quite opposite. Um, my fear is, is like, what I don't know is, and I want to research a little bit more, if we're at this point, we the calm before the storm, you know, because uh, it, it just feels like we're at the beginning of Everything has to catch up. I feel like it, ha it hasn't, because um, so many different sort of so many responses when you ask, you know, certain people how you feel about this. It's, it's 
it's different from one another. One had might have a good paying job and good cash flow, and it's not in the position of um, you know strength. But you talk to somebody that's not. So I'm wondering if this is just the beginning, you know, beginning uh, for 2023 and uh, into 2024. So yeah, I always look at it in long term. I think we can confidently tell people and get the message out that you're, if you own a home in the GTA, you're going to do okay. Okay. The, the market's going to come back. Prices eventually going to go up. The values are going to be there. If you're, if it, you're thinking long-term it's getting through the short term. That's the struggle right now. It's weathering that storm. And is, is the storm coming or are we already in the middle of it? Sometimes yeah, in the middle of it and we might be at the end of it. And we don't even realize yeah. that it was there, but we have to weather the storm and try and, you know, get people through it and hang on because once you're through it, eventually it'll settle down and the value will be in your home and the value will go up in your home. If you're, if you're hanging on to it or in an investment property, the values will come back. You know, the employment will be will become more stable. People will have jobs. Renters will be looking for places. Prices, the, the rental income will go up, et cetera. It will come back. It always does. Yeah. We just don't know exactly when and, and how much of a storm we have to weather. And that's where you, you really need the advice of good professionals on your team to, to give you the option, give you the information and help you through it. And everybody's facts are a little bit different. 100%. And you got to be firm with uh, with your conversations as well. I mean, in order to consumer, no, if, if if consumers are looking, if they're all over the place, and you're not binding them as a whole, and you're not firm, then you're doing a disservice. Never mind what the reaction is. Never mind whatever you know review that they give you. Now, I had a situation where. Um, a client was in a consumer proposal and they were going to stop making the payment um, just because of their situation. And, you know, I just went off. I mean, it, you know, I, I, I actually, I went out of care my professional hat and I said, listen, you're now moving to double bankruptcy, which is a suicide, you know? And so, you know, for them, for them to hear that and you know for me it's just you know i want to make sure that they're making the right choice but sometimes it's received as oh you know you're telling me what to do and things like you can't think that um and so when you when when clients and consumers have these type of professionals honestly it's so important very important uh to your point david so there's been changes uh, to stress test levels like that's there's been a few changes in, in recent years maybe walk us through that a little bit and what you tell people and, and what they should be looking at looking to do and, and and achieving those levels yeah so i think what's in the what's being tabled right now is that uh, you know uh, the government's looking at uh not extending a mortgage uh, more than four four and a half times the income so they're looking at basing approving, let's say, one hundred fifty thousand um, dollar household income, uh, no more than six hundred seventy five thousand dollars as a mortgage to be approved. So that's that's just in addition to the stress test. The stress test is still in play. That's just an addition. That's what they're looking to do in table. Um, and another thing is also, which is I think is more, it's it's a good one, is uh, to the line of credit. There are products right now that are re advancing 
line of credits that re-advance up to 80% loan to value. And so they're making sure that they only restrict that and restrict that to 65%. So there are some products. So they're looking at the line of credit products as well. So I think, you know, to me that, that the stress test and my personal opinion, I think was a responsible one because it held, it held and it, it actually did good for the most part. Uh, because if the stress test, when I think, when you think about it, the stress test wasn't in play and we're in the situation that we're in now, we'll be in more trouble than what we're at. Um, oh, for sure. Big time, big time, right? Because yeah, sure. we'll be financing over 80% uninsured. Um, and it could, you know, it, and that, that restriction, I think is responsible, I think. Um, but what we can do is, is maybe looking at the amortization for folks on the immediate term, looking at, maybe adjusting the amortization from 25 to 30 to maybe 40 years, right? On the prime side. Uh, I don't know for how long, but that would be some sort of relief, maybe 40, 45 years, right? Just, just as a, as, as, as some support. Um, right. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think that would add to a problem that already, that would perpetuate a problem that we're already seeing in the industry? I agree. I mean, it would definitely offer relief for sure. Yeah. But yeah. just, are we just feeding the monster? We do that. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be. Uh, uh, there's no control of how a consumer's behavior is or a client's behavior. We have no control over that. But it would be, it would be some sort. You know, it would be helpful as far as from a cash flow perspective. But I think the underlining business, like we always go after mortgages and look at mortgage rates and adjusting our policy when it comes to mortgages. But what about the underlying issue of unsecured debt that we push on people, credit cards, personal loans, maybe look at car financing, extending the amortization. I know I understand that, but it's restricting cash flow. And I think that's what the issue is. So we're limiting cash flow. And so we reborrow and we get into the private private side of lending and you're digging yourself a bigger hole so there's there's no control of the consumer behavior but if we can at least have that option um it's something to look into you know yeah i'm yeah. going to switch gears a little bit and i'm going to put my positivity hat on <laughs> and then take a look at uh uh you know all the all the positive things uh that are happening out there and i mean um, you know, I think the labor statistics came out in December. I think we we are one. We have one of the lowest unemployment rates in the country. Um, we added, you know, a record number of jobs in December as well. Um, salaries are trending upwards, so you know that's obviously really good news. Uh, to your point, uh, Brooke, because. So people need to be able to sustain and, and carry these debt levels that they have and then be able to, to pay their obligations. And, you know, when you look at it from a labor perspective, you know, it looks like we're really in good shape. And that's really the biggest difference between 1989 and today is that, you know, we have a very strong labor market. And the other thing is our immigration policy. You know, we're letting in 500,000 people uh, every year. And again, because of our point system on our immigration policy, you know, we're letting in business owners, dentists, accountants, doctors, and these are people that are coming into our country with money. 
Mm-hmm. So they're contributing to our economy. They're contributing to our real estate. And, and that's, a, you know, a big contrast between what was happening in 89 and, and what's happening in today. We, you know, our, our immigration policy and our immigration numbers weren't anywhere close to what they are today in 1989. Right. And, and I think on the world scale, Canada continues to be a place where people want to move, where people want their kids to grow up, where we have, you know, safety, security, clean air, clean water, and that's not going to change. And, you know, Dave, we talk about this all the time on, on like, I feel like almost every podcast, but I mean, it's important. It's important to, to talk about these things because, you know, Canada is one of the best countries in the world, right? And it's going to continue to be on a, on a global scale. So, you know, when you look at, you know, the, the situation from that point of view, David I, and, and, and Burke, I, I completely agree with you, David, that, you know, if you can hold real estate in the long term, you're going to be you're going to be just fine. You know, t- t- history has proven that time and again. Right. But it's just getting through the short term where you need the proper guidance and, and you need to make adjustments to your behavior and, and to how you, know, you do your budgeting, how you do your spending. Right. And, and for all the realtors out there, all the entrepreneurs that are business owners, right, you need to ensure that you're spending money on marketing and on business growth. Mm-hmm. Very important, you know, shift from, you know, all the expenses that are not necessary. And, and you have to do things that will increase your market share and grow your business. Yeah, it's a time for preparation right now. Time for preparation because i know that on the on, on the end of it the market's going to be back everything you know it's going it's going to be much better than what we're experiencing and that's a trend we know that to be but if you're sitting back and not spending on personal growth um like you're saying and uh like for me my like I, you know i have invested a lot on content and information sharing david like you were saying education I'm getting a lot of feedback, positive feedback, a lot of engagement, a lot of engagement. So this is the time to really reevaluate your approach and go for it. Uh, do what you can to make it happen, for sure. Yeah, I just want to go back to something you said a while ago, um, Baruch, on when you were talking about variable rates. Yeah. And just to go back to that a little bit, because like to David's point, um, you know, but adjusting spending habits. If you're on a variable rate mortgage right now, it's costing you a lot more money than it did a while ago. And the money's got to come from somewhere. Something has to give. And I think, David, that's sort of your point. So you got to be budgeting properly because all of a sudden your mortgage is you know, it's costing you a lot more money. It's the same property. You're still living in the same place, but you're spending a lot more money on your mortgage than you were six months ago. And that's going to continue for a while. So, so you have to look at, well, if, if we have to spend that money, where's, what are we not going to be able to spend on right now in order to afford it? Right. Because you don't want to get in trouble on your mortgage. So you got to find somewhere else in your budget to cut back or do something differently, especially if you're not going to get your raise or the raise you thought you might get this year, you're not getting the bonus you thought you might get, you know, that those factors are not going to help you out and bail you out, you know, be happy. You've got your job. And, and, and you just have some cash flow coming in, but something has to give, right? So you got like, but David, you got to look at your other spending habits, your other budget, something has to, has to give it, you know, we've gone through that professionally too. We have like, like David, we have a, a, you know, a commercial mortgage that was on a variable rate 
And it didn't even come up for renewal. There was something in our mortgage that I never even paid attention to because I never thought it would come into play where you up until a certain point, there was a threshold where the rates would go. And if you're only below that point, you keep paying the same amount every month. And just as the rates change, some more goes towards interest, some more goes towards principal and that gets adjusted. But there was a threshold in there that we were never even paid attention to really because we never thought we'd exceed it during the term of this mortgage. All of a sudden, we're above that threshold, and the bank calls and says, "Hey, you know what? We got to, uh, we got to adjust your mortgage. We're not even sure how to do it." The bank actually said that we don't even sure how to do it because we haven't never done it before. But we have to raise your payment amount. Yeah, the trigger rate. Yeah, we're, we're, we're above the trigger. They didn't even know how to do it. This is, this yeah. is like a top one of the big five banks. They were they weren't sure how to do it. So yeah. they're all scrambling to see what to do when when we get to that trigger rate, right? So all of a sudden now. We're paying a lot more per month on our commercial mortgage than we thought we would. Because we thought, okay, we're variable rate. We're paying X dollars per month. And we'll see what happens at the end of the term, how much went towards interest, how much went towards principal. No, our cash flow changed significantly all of a sudden. So if you're a consumer in, in your home dealing with that, it's a harder thing to do. Like in our business, you say, okay, we got to pay more money every month. Where's our mortgage? Where's it? Can we cut back expenses somewhere else? business right. expenses, right? Right, right? There's more opportunities. When you're in, in it's your, your home that you're living in, it's a tougher. It's a tougher it, is, it is. It is. It's a decision. It's a sacrifice. You know, I can go as, as far as, as getting a second income stream, really. <laughs> like you have to do what you have to do. <laughs> you can't just let, you know, if you like your lifestyle, great. And I, I, I appreciate that you, you know, you want your hat that work want your family to have a certain type of lifestyle that's great but and if you're not willing to look at that you have to get out there and income and, and increase your overall cash flow whether it's to get a second job or find a new way of uh, earning more you know legally <laughs> <laughs> thanks for clarifying that for, uh, but, you know D david i i completely agree you know and it's it's i i think the people who do really well and, and weather this, this storm are the ones who, you know, are going to be uh, very upfront and very um, willing to kind of sit down and, and talk about these short-term pains, you know, and these conversations are not easy, but I'm having them with the staff on a regular basis. And I'm saying, Hey, look, you know, we have to treat things a little bit differently. You know, we have to adjust how we, you know, order supplies. We have to adjust how we account for breaks and 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 for vacation. We have to adjust how we do certain things that we didn't pay attention to before because now everything is starting to matter a little bit more, right? Yeah. And it's having those conversations every day with with everybody that again is going to change the needle quite a bit right and you know the the one thing i'm very proud of is you know sutton summit has been around for 37 years mm -hmm. we weathered a lot of storms and it has a lot to do with our commission splits here at the brokerage you know we we're on a 50 50 split and then we cap mm -hmm. and then the agents are on 100 percent Mm, and that split, cool. you know, has has really hurt. Well, I wouldn't say hurt, but it it limits the income that the brokerage makes. So, you know, in, in these record high years when realtors are earning, you know, really a lot of money, uh, 
I'm ecstatic. You know, I, I'm all about growth, right? But our income is capped on the brokerage mm-hmm. side, right? So, I mean, we, we, we continue to earn, you know, the same amount of money. But unless you have more broker, more agents, that's the way to, to increase. unless you have more agents. Right. But the reverse is also true in this market, right? Which is why, you know, I, you know, when it came time to really, you know, making a purchasing decision and really getting involved in this brokerage, it made me feel more comfortable because, you know, if we can weather the storms because of our commission splits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that ensures continuity. It, it protects our consumers that deal with us as well, because th- they can rest assured that their trust money is, is well protected, that, you know, we can operate uh, very well in every single kind of environment, and that mm-hmm. we can weather these storms a lot more significantly than other businesses are. But I, I can tell you guys that I'm getting two to three phone calls from other brokerages every day you know, uh, because they're in trouble mm-hmm. from a cash flow perspective, right? Like, like, like businesses are hurting out there and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it it's going to be time to make some really, really tough decisions for, for a lot of business owners out there. And, you know, they're not fun conversations to have, but I think as an industry uh, and as thought leaders, we need to be able to have these conversations and, 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 you know, help people around us get through this situation. Mm. So would you say a lot of a lot of agents, newer agents, will have an issue? Uh, well, will have an, a problem of staying in the business, or even people that are in the business for a long time? Because it's, it's, it's you know my shop for me is just me, and my wife right now operating it. I'm looking to scale, but just to as an advice from you, like is that what what's going to happen or? Well, NAR came out with some interesting statistics, and uh, NAR is the National Association of Realtors. They're the equivalent of uh, the Canadian Real Estate um, Association, the Korea, in Canada. They're they're you know much larger. They have a much larger uh, sample base as well in the states. And uh, an article came up about a month ago, and they're projecting thirty percent of the newer realtors will will not survive the next twelve months in the industry. Right. But for me, when I look at statistic like that, that lights a fire within me. Because, you know, that points to me that unless you work hard and unless you do the right things and unless you, you know, go out there and every day take steps to build your business, um, you're not going to survive. Yeah. And if that doesn't light a fire underneath you, um, then maybe you you don't deserve to be in this industry, right? Because like I mean, there's no easy way of saying it. You know, you gotta go out there and you gotta work your ass off. You gotta grind. Yeah, you like, gotta grind. If that turns out to be true, okay, and it might be true. Maybe it's not thirty percent. Maybe it's twenty eight percent. Maybe it's thirty two percent. But it's gonna be some number. So the whole thing is, which side of that number do you want to be on? Yeah. You want to be part of that thirty percent, or you want to be part of the seventy percent? So. Figure out what you got to do to be on the right side of that number. Yeah, door knock, uh, cold call, cold calling, which I still do to be honest. Um, and those are the painful uh, activities for a lot of people. But yeah, but we got to change your mindset. That's There's, that's just know, it. Though. Change your it. mindset. Like like get that word out of your system. You know, screw that. They're not painful. They're fun. They're they're exciting. I get to talk to people. Like change your energy level, you know, like cold calling, 
the fact that you can even dial and get somebody on the other line and have a conversation <laughs> should excite you, you know? Talk to people, right? Talk to get out there, talk to people, network, do do the do the fun activities that will result in more income in your pocket, right? But it it has to come from you, right? Like it has to come from within. You know, if you call it like a negative activity or you know, like that, you're already setting yourself up for failure. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, and then that's why I say it's so it's so important to listen to your, um, you know, mentors and asking for mentors. And it's so important to collaborate and do things together, especially this time in our business, David. Um, how is it in your world, David? Uh, in the in the legal world, it's well, it, it's tough right now. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. Um, and we, we've talked about this in the podcast uh, before because, it, you know, our business is very cyclical when we're talking about residential real estate. We do a lot of commercial work too, and there's there's no season for that. There's no season for doing wills or, or incorporating companies, things like that. But on residential real estate, there's definitely a season. So we're in, you know, we're just entering February now, but January, February, historically, even in the best markets are slower for us. We're closing less transactions every year. And as many years I sit around with my partners over the years, we say, okay, you know, we we're paying up. We got all our staff is here. Everybody's working full time, but we don't in January and February in the best markets, we can't keep everybody busy. Hmm. Okay. So now we're in a, in a, a much slower period of time than we would normally be in. So I'm the, always the optimist, like, like David is too. Yeah. Thinking, okay. We're, you know, it's February now. It's going to pick up a little bit. We're going to get to March. The weather's going to improve. It's always a spring market. Things will get better. So, and I'm hopeful that it will. I'm sure it will. It's a question of how much better it's going to be. I know for a fact, we're going to close more deals in April and May than we do in January and February this year. Right. I just don't know how much of a rebound it's going to be. So we're in the same weathering the storm business that I've been talking about. Okay. We have good, really good people working with us. Um, and we want to keep everybody and we want everybody to be available when we get through the storm and get back to being busy mm -hmm. uh, because we need those good people to, to help us in, in our business. It's, it's not just about me and my partner and the other lawyers. It's our law clerk. We've got some fabulous law clerks in our office. We've got great people doing our yeah. admin and our banking and our office manager. Like we really work hard to build everybody at you know top level to provide top level service. We don't want to let anybody go. We don't want anybody to feel the need to leave. So how do we weather the storm? That we're going through the exact same process. We how do we get through? Let's get through January, February, March, and let's let's find a way. Right, okay? right. We want to be ready when the market improves. Gotcha, gotcha. That's a very you know it's it's, it's just a, a you know it doesn't matter what industry right uh, it doesn't matter what industry it is like we we are all saying the same thing which is so interesting to me which is awesome actually yeah. it's, uh, it's encouraging to hear because uh, um, it's just not one-sided at this point in time you know like everybody's experiencing the same pain points but like yeah. you know David I, I I know for a fact that you guys are probably pivoting from like residential closing to wills in the states and, mm. and, and you know second mortgages and 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 different products that you're you're offering to to offset and to you know build up that revenue and and to keep your 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 staff happy like you know i 
you know, we have such a strong relationship between our two offices. I know that, you know, you guys have amazing staff. Mm. And as a business owner, um, it, it, it's so much harder to, you know, just let your staff go than to keep them and keep them busy. And, you know, they've already trained them. They, they already know all your systems. They, they, they already have the work ethic that you want them to. You don't want to let go of anybody. I get that. As a business owner, you know, we're going through the same, same, same things with the brokerage. You know, we have a great staff where, you know, we're, we're a small group. We, we all work really hard to keep the realtors happy. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can as a business owner to, to drive that revenue and make sure that, you know, their jobs are secure. Right. And then you're doing the same thing. And, and Brooke, you're doing the same thing. Like every business owner is, is, is struggling, but the common theme is, is pivoting, you know, and, and having those conversations and, and thriving together. Cause it takes a team to, uh, to build something great. hundred percent, hundred percent collaboration too. I've, I've, I've kind of noticed as well. That's a big theme in 2023. And, yeah. you know, on, on, on my other business, um, you know, that uh, we're very short on time. I don't really want to go too much into this topic, but that would be a great podcast because I think collaboration is probably the strongest business trend that yeah. we're going to be moving forward. You know, we're, we have to help each other build each other up. And there's no better way to do that than by, by, by you know, establishing close relationships and pushing each other's businesses forwards in, in a big way, right? So, David, maybe that's going to be a great, you know, topic for for a future podcast. No, it is, and, and we've talked about it before. And we like we all act for the same common client. You know, you're the mortgage broker, you're the agent, I'm the lawyer. We act for the same consumer, right? Mm -hmm. We really have to look at it like we're a team, mm -hmm. not trying to you know outdo each other or or be their number one person and throw anybody under the bus if something goes mm -hmm. wrong. Like we have to be there to support each other. We have to understand each other's rules because you know, the, the more we can collaborate, work together for the same common goal, the better off we all are, right? Yeah. So it's important to have that, build those relationships and have that trust amongst us in our respective fields. And uh, it, like, it just doesn't make sense not to, to me. Like to me, it's just, it's the natural way that we should be doing things. And, and, um, and I think that's the way the consumer benefits the most because between the three of us, We've got to give that consumer all the best information we can give and give them the options and the choices. They make an educated decision. And that's how they admire us as advisors to them and refer their friends and family. And that's how you build your book of business. Yeah, exactly. You nailed it 100%. Customer awesome, guys. Well, I, I can't believe the hour flew by as quickly as it did. It always does. Yeah. Uh, Brooke, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if if any of our audience has any mortgage related questions, if you know if you're feeling uneasy, if if you need to have a private conversation, um, if anything that we said at all at the podcast resonates with you, reach out to Brooke, reach out to David Corman, reach out to myself. Love to hear uh, you know about uh, your your challenges and your successes. Um, and and the three of us are here if uh, if anybody has any questions. Fantastic. I just want to extend again, just want to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come on and speaking to you guys. I've learned so much from you guys and hopefully I've provided value for you and your audience. Uh, I'd like to extend the invitation as well. I've started a podcast myself, but it's called B2B Podcast. It's launched today. Hey. 
Um, you can find it on YouTube, um, Spotify, um, and uh, Apple. But I would love to have you guys uh, come on and because we can learn so much from your experiences as well. So thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, that's awesome. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.